Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt With Deep podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years, and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses, and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator, and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA, conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field, and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com, reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast brought to you by Hunt, Lift, Eat Official. I'm Carter McKenzie, running host tonight, and I'm joined by a familiar face, I guess a familiar voice, uh, the classic Perry Eisner. What's going on, man? Oh, not much, brother. Good to good to see you. How you doing? It's been a minute since we've done one of these together. Yeah, it has. I'm uh I'm just getting over uh COVID, which is nice that it's that it's finally over. My whole freaking family got it. Um, but that's that's finally uh in the in the rearview mirror. So excited to be here. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you back. Have you uh you know it feels right steering the ship with you next to me? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, tonight we're joined by two awesome guests, two members of the Hunt, Lift, Eat team. We got Jack Rasmussen. What's going on, Jack? Hey, glad to be here. Looking forward to it. Pumped up. Yeah, man. I'm glad we can make this work. We've been uh, looking to have have you on here for for a long time. So thanks for joining us. And we got Ian Corona. What's going on, Ian? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on here. I'm looking forward to uh, imparting some old guy knowledge, hopefully. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because, you know, I certainly would never venture to call either of you the old guys but you know we're here <laughs> to to garner wisdom and uh hopefully you can y'all both can bestow some some knowledge on our listeners and and Perry and myself as well as you know dudes in their 20s with with uh well are you in your 30s Perry Yeah man I'm I'm freaking right. 33 now well, so I'm not right. I'm not quite the young buck you are Perry's old as shit, but you know, young, <laughs> young fathers and, you know, yeah, younger guys. So we're, you know, thanks for joining us, guys. We're really looking forward to it. Right on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. Um, so let's just go around the horn here. And, uh, you know, Jack, why don't you give us kind of a, a little rundown, little short bio, kind of who you are, where you're at, um, you know, before we jump into our hunting experiences. But, you know, give us a little background. Sure, I'll give you a thumbnail sketch. I was uh, born and raised in Wisconsin, which is a great place for hunting and fishing. Had hunting property up in northwest Wisconsin. Grew up on Lake Michigan, so catching salmon on Lake Michigan and hunting deer in the woods of Wisconsin. Then uh, went to a natural resources school, thought I was going to be a game warden. Ended up in the Marine Corps as a military policeman. Uh, Did 11 active, stayed in reserves and went federal law enforcement couple different agencies. I'm getting ready to retire from federal law enforcement here on the 31st of July and start my third career. And, um, <clears throat> you know, hopefully retire some point uh, up in uh, New Hampshire is where I'm looking to go. Yeah. Based on what you told me this week, New Hampshire sounds a lot cooler this time of year than Virginia, right? Oh, yeah. It was, like I said, going up to get my daughter from uh, you know, the hockey school that she goes to is 40, 50 degrees up there and come back to 94 degrees today. Yeah, man, that's like a slap in the face right there. That's great. And then, uh, Ian, why don't you give us a little quick rundown? Sure. 
Um, I'm uh, Ian Corona. I live in uh, Reno, Nevada, and I've been hunting and uh, exploring the outdoors of the Sierras, the Sierra foothills, Northern California, all the way into Texas. Um, I have an older son that lives there. Um, just been hunting and fishing and just general outdoors here all of my life. I think I, I, think I moved here in 76. And um, I think the mentor part is very important to me because I had a really good mentor myself. And when I first moved here, I had absolutely zero idea about hunting in the outdoors and it actually scared the crap out of me and um so i think the mentor part that's why it's really important to me um by day i'm a director of sales for a specialty pharmacy company and um you know i'm doing a bunch of little ventures everything i can do to stay outdoors and stay active and then um hopefully i will lead that uh, like jack into my second or third career in some sort of outdoor adventure company so Hopefully uh, that goes well, but regardless, I'll always be outside and I'll either outside or at the gym or one of those two. And I'm definitely always eating. So that's good too. Yeah. Those are the three staples, right? <laughs> of hot lift that you, you fit in all the pillars there. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That really resonates, I think, with with Perry and I too. I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm a school teacher and, you know, I work two side jobs during the year to try and pay for, you know, my goal is to pay for at least one hunting trip logistically to go out West and, you know, uh, have the rest transition, transition over to daycare <laughs> payments. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Spend as much time outdoors and, you know, have the career support that. And if the career can be a part of that even better. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was, that was one of the reasons we were excited to talk with you guys. Carter and I were, were chatting, um, before we, uh, before we hit record here, it's like, you know, I find myself at, at the ripe old age of 33. It's like, I still got a lot of, a lot of hunts and a lot of adventures and things that I want to check off personally. On the other hand, I've got two young kids. Now my son is, he's six. I've taken him out with me, um, deer hunting, squirrel hunting. And it's, it's, uh, it's really just right around the corner where he's going to be really, you know, chomping at the bit to get out there. Um, and, and tr kind of transitioning from that, like, you know, you're just focused on yourself. You're focused on your hunts and, and how you want to attack things, the adventures that you want to have to actually being that, you know, being in that mentor role. And for me, it's with my, with my kids. Um, I've taken a couple of other hunters out, but that, you know, having that mentor, it's, you know, it's like you, you said, I, it's so, it's so critical. Um, there can be, you know, the barrier of entry to hunting can be, you know, intimidating at times. So for folks to have a mentor, someone that can kind of show them the ropes, um, introduce them to some of the particulars is, is always helpful. And that's, um, you know, that's one of the real big things we wanted to talk with you gentlemen about today. No, I, I think that's a great thing. And I think, you know, six years old, it's, that's a fantastic age. That's when I put a BB gun in my son's hand while we were out, whether it was bird hunting or deer hunting. And, you know, that's the beginning of gun safety and that's the beginning of him carrying his own weight out in the field. And that turned into just, um, Another person in my life, my my oldest son, who's now 32, is, you know, an avid hunter, outdoorsman as well. So, you know, he's like my go-to number one guy. And then he goes and moves to Texas on me. So I get to mentor all, the, all of his buddies and all the other guys around here. So it's been really cool. Jack, do you have any, have you taken your, I know you have a couple kids as well. Do you have any experience taking your kids into the outdoors and introducing them to hunting and fishing the way you grew up? Yeah, I sure do. Um, I've got two daughters and a son. I've got boy girl twins. Uh, the oldest girl, not a big outdoors person for hunting, but outdoors person for enjoying 
you know, the, the, the woods and the, and the wilds and, you know, take my kids up to our hunting property in Northwest Wisconsin during blueberry season, gathering the wild blueberries and, you know, just, you know, making some memories like that. But I've taken my youngest daughter and my son, uh, both deer hunting up in uh, Northwest Wisconsin. Um, my youngest daughter is, is more of a hockey phenom. So she's always gone on a lot of those hunting weekends. So a lot of times it was my son, but I, I offered it up because I didn't want to be, you know, sexist, <laughs> misogynistic, you know, only, only take the boys out. You know, I offered it up to, to, to my daughter too. So my sister, who's uh, three years older than me, she's, she also uh, kind of, you know, she's a, she's a, a hunter herself and has four boys who are all big meeting hunters. Um, and so we, we got them out in the woods early and it, it's, it's due to my dad taking me, uh, kind of like I, and, you know, my dad drug me out when I was six and, uh, you know, whether it was salmon spawning, catching, you know, waking me up at four in the morning so we could go hit the rivers or, you know, go goose hunting and, you know, the first time I tasted coffee when I was 10, cause there was not a, a thermos of hot chocolate. Cause you know, we were late getting out to the, to the blind. So I, yeah, that's when I learned to drink coffee. Yeah. I think I've heard is Steve Ranella. He's, he's told the story a couple of times about his conversation he had with his wife. He had a, he had a boy. And then when he had a daughter, his wife was like, Hey, you pulled him aside and like very seriously was like, you have to promise me you will treat her no different than our sons when introducing them to the outdoors. Um, you will not, you will not treat her any different whatsoever when it's out there, when it sucks, you know, when you're cold, when it's snowing, when it's freezing, you need to promise me, you will give her the same opportunities that you do the boys. And he said, that's a, it's been a struggle because you know, whether they're ice fishing or mule deer hunting or whatever they're doing, he's like the tendency, my natural tendency is to look out for my girl. And that really resonated with me. I, I have a two year old daughter. She's going to be two next month. Uh, and I can't, I just, it's, it's, I know how I've been in some shitty hunting situations and I, I of course want my kids to go be miserable with me, but, uh, you know, it's, it's your daughter, right? You, you, ah, it's a, it's a tough push and pull, right? I, I think it's a tough push and pull, but I, I think, you know, along the same lines, my daughter doesn't hunt now, but she does love the outdoors and she does all kinds of different adventure things in the outdoors. But same thing. I tried to do everything I could to treat her equally because by her own desire, it was, you know, I was a single dad back then and it was like, I'm going with you. Right. You know, it's like, well, you understand we're getting up at three o'clock in the morning. It's snowing and we're going to be at the goose blind. You know, it's like, OK, well, I'm going. So here you, your dad, you know, as a dad, you're patting them up and loading them, insulating them and, you know, get up extra early for the hot chocolate thermos because that's a must. And then every preparation and everything to do to get them out there because, you know, she had to go. And then we find her curled up in the sagebrush with her hot chocolate thermos, sound asleep, gunshots going off, snow falling on her, sound asleep. And that's like her best memory of being out with her dad hunting was not even hunting. It was sleeping, hugging a sagebrush. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I, I, uh, I was up at our family farm with my brother um, a few weeks back. It was uh, opening opening weekend of turkey season. I think it was opening weekend. Um, and I don't know if you remember, Jack, um, you're up there in Northern Virginia, that, that first, uh, that first weekend of turkey season, we had that cold front roll through 
and down where we are in, in the mountains, um, we actually got snow showers and my brother had his, his daughter, my little niece out there with us. And, um, we were just working and, and so forth and around the cabin and, and, you know, do, knocking out some chores and it started snowing and she just curled up in her, you know, her little blanket and sat there by the fire in the chair while Evan and I were, you know, knocking out some camp chores and fell asleep you know, just reminded me that what you were talking about with your, uh, with your daughter there. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things, right. Where it's like, we have this, we, as parents, we have this thing, we want to protect the kids. We obviously want to include them, but you know, we want to shelter them. But the, the fact is, you know, they're resilient and you know, if they're, if they're with you and that's where they want to be, then, you know, they can, they can handle that adversity too. And, um, heck the, the sooner you introduce it to them, the, the, you know, the, the easier it's going to be. Yeah, our hunting property that we have in Northwest Wisconsin, with my nephews, um, they've all they're all either married or will be and be married by the end of uh, this summer, and we've tried to make it an inclusive spot for all their wives to come out, and if they want to do something on the property, you know, since my dad's passed uh, in 2011, my sister and I are like the you know the chief cook and bottle washers out there, so you know we we want to make it inclusive. One of them likes to uh, wants to raise shiitake mushrooms. You know, my, my sister is tapping all the maple maple trees out there, so she makes gallons of maple syrup every year. So we're, you know, whatever we can get everybody out there and, you know, everybody to take part into that outdoors part of it, even if it's, if it's not, you know, hunting an animal or fishing, there's still something that they're gleaning from, from nature out there. And so that's why we're just trying to really make it inclusive. And that's, you know, my big thing about, you know, getting everybody under that, the 10 pole, you know, as many people as we can get under there, however we can do it. That's how we increase our voice to keep our, our hunting and fishing rights going. I think I would even add to that, Jack. I think, you know, hunting, hunt, lift, eat. I think that's a, that's a phenomenal, the three pillars are phenomenal, but I think getting people out to your point, I think is more important than anything because like I was saying, my daughter, I mean, she's 30 now and she, she doesn't hunt and she doesn't fish or anything, but she loves being outdoors. She might mountain bike ride or, you know, so I think the whole goal of that is to get them outdoors and let them sort of explore, you know, whether they're asleep in a snowstorm or curled up against a sagebrush, you know, those, a lot of times not even getting anything, not even shooting anything is some of the most memorable times that I've ever had with my kids. And just from being out there and, you know, I think all of them now, I have three adult children and they're all outdoors persons in their own way. You know, my oldest son is the one that hunts with me the most and he's into hunting, but everyone else wants to be outdoors, but they just do it differently, you know, stand up paddleboarding or hiking or whatever. But I think that's probably where we should concentrate in bringing them under the tent pole to, to, you know, to your point. You know, whether they're growing shiitake mushrooms and they're outside having a good time, hell yeah, the more power to them, man. That's what I think. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, that's the name of the game, right? If you can have everybody fall in love with the outdoors like we do. It can be hard. It's a, you know, bit of a, a, a pernicious kind of point of view to explain hunting to somebody who doesn't hunt, right? All of you, I'm sure, have experienced that a myriad of times. Um, my wife's side of the family does not hunt at all. And, uh, you know, that's been a great conversation. And fortunately they've been phenomenal recipients of that or 
I guess, participants of that conversation and, and engaged and um, intrigued by the hunting aspect of loving the outdoors um, as with regards to getting as many people outdoors as possible. But, you know, I want to talk about kind of y'all's mentors and kind of who got you into the outdoors and y'all's transition into a mentor relationship with regards to the outdoors. But before that, do you, you know, Jack and I, and do y'all have any, you know, tips or tricks or like, how did you introduce the outdoors to your, to your kids specifically? Like, what did you find successful and maybe what did you find not as successful? Like I said, you know, my dad started me out hunting, you know, first it starts with just exposing you. Maybe a few times I might be dragging a sleeping child and getting them dressed and putting on the buckle boots, putting your feet in wonder bags and then in buckle boots so you don't get wet feet. And then, you know, getting out into the into the woods and just doing whatever with, with my kids, you know, like I was saying, picking blueberries. And then making blueberry pancakes the next morning on the, on the, on the camp stove and then you know, buying some, you know, good vanilla ice cream and putting those blueberries in the vanilla ice cream and explaining, you know, the process of how that works, you know, and then shooting a deer or shooting a grouse and then going through taking care of that animal and cutting it up and then, you know, actually cooking it, you know, and explaining that whole process. You know, just getting, you know, folks out to and finding like I am saying, you know, it doesn't have to be the hunting, but, you know, just getting out into the woods, what's something, you know, picking up acorns, you know, showing the difference between a red acorn and a white acorn and why, why do certain animals like one over the other one, those types of things, getting them interested. So they want to get out and investigate on their own nature, you know, kids have to get muddy and wet and full of dirt and grime and, you know, trying to keep a kid clean. I think is the worst thing you can do. I want them to get dirty. I want them to eat a handful of mud. I want them to, you know, have to spray them down with a hose or, you know, put them in the Creek. <laughs> Cause that's, you know, it's, that makes it fun. And, you know, the worst thing you can do is, is yell at a kid while, while you have them in the outdoors. You know, you just, you know, sometimes you got to worry, like we said, we're worried about their safety and, and, you know, anything around guns or fishing tackles is, is always, you know, it, it can be, you know, there's some danger there, but you know, if they, if they snag your hook on a line and it snaps, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a, it's a handful of change to, to get a new lure, you know, that cheese eight, that log probably has 70 other <laughs> lures on it. You know, maybe someday we'll come by with a chain and pull it up and take them all off. No, I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, I think the whole idea of getting them out there to your point, Jack, is just the, uh, the whole positive experience. And it's not about, you know, keeping clean or keeping, and I, I obviously we're going to always keep them safe and, but as safe as we are, right. Because I just had a friend of mine who I've been showing, you know, how to get out in the outdoors and they have no idea about backpacking. And so I'm going over gear and, you know, different things with them. And they're like, so what do I need to do to bring my, my, my infant out camping and it's like anything that you do to yourself, you know, make sure they're warm, make sure that you have enough food for them, make sure they have a place to sleep. All of those same things apply and you'd be surprised, or at least I've been surprised that they don't see it. They, everything seems so different, almost like the conversation we had earlier about, you know, with Steve Rinell, it's like, you got to be equal to your daughter. And it's like, well, you're just going to treat them the same way that you do everywhere. But, really emphasize that outdoor 
area and outdoor positive experience and fun. And, you know, a kid loves getting dirty and a kid loves running around the forest and the kids love all of that stuff. And it may not have anything to do with hunting right off the bat, but you're out there hunting and that's how they feel. You know, we're out here hunting with my dad, you know, we didn't shoot anything. And sometimes that becomes a joke because you're too busy they don't realize it, but they're, you're too busy taking care of them to actually concentrate on your hunt. And you may totally get skunked, but the best experience is that you had your kids out there with you. And I've had plenty of those. And I think those really, I mean, we still, they're all adult. They've all moved out. Some of them have moved out of state. And those are the times when we all get together and, you know, we still give each other crap over, you know, that time. Remember that time, Alex, you were sleeping, sound asleep in the snowstorm while we were goose hunting. Oh, yeah, you know. And so that still remains a positive experience. So to your point, Jack, if you are introducing somebody to the outdoors and you turn that experience positive for them, you know, it's like anything else. If you have a crappy experience somewhere, you don't want to go back to that. So I think you really have to emphasize making it a good time, making it positive, whether you get something or not. I think something that transcends all ages. And uh, I noticed it in scouting with the young boys when you're trying to introduce them out to the you know boy scouts so you get a kid that's 11 years old that's not boy scouts it's just scouting because um they're bringing uh young ladies up into scouts now too campfires campfires just transcend all ages who doesn't like sitting around a campfire looking into a camp i don't know what it is it's whatever nature has has imbued us with but it's like the TV of the outdoors. You know, if you're just shoving a stick into the coals, you're making s'mores or the pudgy pie makers, you know, it's everybody likes a campfire. Everybody likes sitting around having a cold pop or, you know, whatever, talking, you know, some ghost stories. We all like that campfire. I think that's a great way to, you know, as a kid, my my family, we didn't have a whole lot of money. So summer vacation was going to a campground you know, with a, with a tent or a small trailer. And, you know, that's where we were, but you had a campfire every night. So that was, that was legit. So I think that's, that's one way to get people involved is to get that campfire going early on. It's a great point. And you're so right. There's something about sitting around a campfire. I don't care whether you're a six year old kid on your first camping trip or you're a, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 year old dude at, at deer camp. And you've sat in front of thousands of campfires. There's something about that. That's just like, you know, it's, it just feels right. And I mean, for me, my brother and I, we, you know, same thing. We spent a lot of our, our summer vacations, um, camping with the family. Um, we were, we were both involved with scouts as well, backpacking trips, canoeing trips, you know, all of that. And, and it's like, kids are curious, right? I mean, Carter and I have small kids, both of you guys, you know, you've got children, you know, like it doesn't take a whole lot. They're curious by nature. You get them outside, they start picking up those acorns, picking up those rocks, those sticks, whatever it is. Um, you introduce them to that first time that, you know, you shoot a squirrel or you shoot a deer and you're showing them how to how to skin it, how to undress it, um, how to gut it, how to how to clean it, how to take care of the meat, um, you know, how to how to bait that fishing hook when you're out there on the pond. All these things, they're curious about that anyway. And it just takes a little bit of uh, a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of nudging. And it's really it's really fascinating to see how quickly that, that, um, that interest can, can grow. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. And, and, you know, whether it's, 
we're, we're talking about hunting or just being in the outdoors. I think, you know, I, I agree with everything that's been said here. And, you know, once you turn that into a positive experience or, you know, you leverage the curiosity of a kid and just like, you know, like I was talking about my daughter earlier, she's not a hunter, she's not in, but during those young years when she was out there with us, I mean, you know, it's like, Hey dad, is that a, a deer hook, you know, a deer mark or deer print? And it's like, yeah. And then so, Hey, there's, there's poop over here. And so, I mean, even to this day, she still looks at those things while she's out. She's not a hunter by any means, but she loves the outdoors. And so, you know, I have to believe that all of those positive experience, whether we were hunting or not, or just camping, you know, with the family, you know, s'mores around the campfire and, and you ride the campfire and going to bed at night after a campfire when you got the camp smoke on you and then you wake up to that. It's just, there's something about that. It's really magic. And I think those are the pieces that bring that positive experience to anybody. And I think at any age, and, and I've started to see that the more I mentor, you know, young men and, and young ladies to, to go out this last year, I had, you know, a guy in his, in his late twenties, never been backpacking or mule deer hunting. So we decided to combine both of those and it was just like, turned it into a positive experience. And man, he's fired up. He's, he's going to be a, an outdoorsman for the rest of his life. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Once you're hooked, you're hooked, right? Once you got the bug, it's there. And I think you guys are all right. You're all saying this, you know, saying the same thing here. It's once you plant that seed, how, however you need to, whether it's, you know, with blueberries or mushrooms or a campfire or whatever, um, it, it plants the seed. And then, you know, not that you have to be a hunter or out, you know, that type of outdoorsman, but it begs the question, like, of course it leads to that. Right. And, you know, I want to take, I invite everybody I can to come, Hey, you know, come sit and come sit in the blind with me. Come, you know, come sit in the tree stand with me. Come, you know, we don't hunt like I have out West, like with you, I, or, you know, how you hunt iron, but you know, a little more tree stand, a little more blind action, but you know, I want everybody to see those types of interactions with and have those interactions with wildlife that, you know, your average individual or maybe your average outdoorsman may not necessarily get, right? Oh, without a doubt. And I, you know, like I was telling you guys earlier, you know, I took a, a, a young guy out just camping and, you know, I got him on a mountain bike and man, he was huffing and puffing and I took him out for a couple hikes and he was practically dying. And then day two, he was actually looking forward to doing it again. So then, um, you know, yesterday morning we were out riding uh, mountain bikes and got on a deer trail and I was out there purposefully, purposefully looking for whatever. And we ran into a nice herd of deer, you know, nice, uh, a lot of velvet showing. And it was just the look in this guy's eye comes from Southern California was amazing. And it reminded me of when you take the kids out, right? That curiosity and, he, I don't think he'd ever seen a deer in the wild, and I don't think he'd ever seen any of that sort of outdoor stuff. And, you know, here we are riding our mountain bikes in the middle of nowhere and deer popping up and there's a bull across the way. And there's just, you know, there's a creek running next to the road. And I, I almost think it was like positive experience overload for a second. And it was just it was a great thing. And, and I think he'll you know, he's already planning to come back. When can he come back and when can we go do this again? And it's like, man, you're like almost 40 years old. You've never done this, but it is. It's a positive experience that keeps people coming back. And I, I truly love that. And I'm sure, Jack, you feel the same way. And all of us, you know, if we can share that excitement and that love for the outdoors, there's nothing more rewarding than that to me anyway. 
Yeah. It's like you get to a point and, and, and I know we were talking about that, you know, becoming a mentor and it's, you know, when you can share in the experience and be almost happier for that, that person who shoots their first deer, gets that first bow kill, gets that first, you know, gun kill. I remember the, when my son shot his first deer, I mean, I was like ecstatic, you know, and then it brings back that flood of memories about when I shot my first deer and, you know, my dad coming over there and sticking his fingers in the blood and smearing it across my face, you know, um, that did the same thing. It's like, if you, it's like automatic, you know, you feel like you got to do that. And it's, you know, the excitement that you get, that you share. And I'm sure, I, and it sounded like you had the same thing where, you know, you, you, you were, you know, enjoying almost as much as this, this, this man for, you know, the first time in his 40 years being able to uh, enjoy something that you've been enjoying, you know, most of your adult life. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And, and it's funny, you know, I guess I never thought of it that way. So you bring up a good point, Jack, that I, you know, I'm I'm more happy for the the guy's first shot or the guy's first trip out there. I mean, I can't even imagine being 40 years old and never seeing something like that. Or never, I just it's un it's unthinkable to me. But you're right, and like the the guy I took out last fall and got his first mule deer and first backpacking trip. I mean, I was jumping around, I was dancing around, and this guy was just like, "What is wrong with you?" I mean, I saw the look on his face. It's like. I'm so freaking happy for you. I'm I'm just ecstatic. You got your first deer and you roughed it out here. And, you know, and it's funny because we set up, we, we did like a, a five hour stock on a couple of bucks right before we came out. And um, he, we spooked him and he was just totally discouraged. And then so we, you know, three hours back out and he's like, man, I'm just feeling really fatigued. I'm like, we'll set up camp. We'll hunt our way out. And, you know, he got service. I didn't know this until afterwards. He got service and he was able to text his wife and said, I think I got to tag out. I'm really fatigued. This this guy's killing me. And then, you know, I so he told me about that the next morning. I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hunt our way back out. If we don't see anything, we'll cruise to the little town. We'll grab a hotel, cleaned up, get some rest, and we're going to come right back out. Because, you know, we're set up for six days on foot backpacking out there. And then um, we got a couple bucks on the way out. You know, we got a good opportunity. We got one. And then, you know, throwing 100 pounds of meat on your back when you're when you're exhausted and coming out, that was another lesson too. But you know what? The, the smile on this guy's face, packing out that heavy bag, and it was just amazing. So I think that's, you know, to your point, Jack, when you're happier for the person that's doing it, you've created that positive experience for them. I don't think there's anything like that. I mean, I love that whole thing. And I think that's what really brings me to love being a mentor around the outdoors. Yeah, it's, it's well said. And it's, there's an image there of, of that, you know, that guy, I can just picture, you know, someone who's inexperienced. He's, you know, he's tired. Um, He's not used to being uncomfortable for that long He's out of his, you know, he's out of his normal everyday environment. And then, you know, he's thinking that he's, he's going to have to pack it in. And then you get a deer and then you put all that meat on your back and then you have to walk some more. I bet he learned something about himself that day. I bet he learned that, hey, you can, you can push a little bit harder. You can give a little bit more, you know, yeah, I might be uncomfortable, but you know, I'm not. 
you know, I'm not ready to, to give up yet. There's, there's a little bit more that I can, that I can give. I, you know, I guarantee you that guy learned something that day and, you know, who knows if he would have ever, ever had that opportunity to, to have that similar lesson absent, you know, you being that mentor for him. And then you go to that next step and it's like, okay, it's been miserable. All right. Now we're successful. But then it's kind of like, you know, those folks who've been in the military, once you get back, it's like, okay, now here's the retrograde. So you got to come out of the woods. Now you've got this mean, now you have to treat that animal with respect still. I mean, you took its life. And so now we have to clean that animal. You know, for me, I process my own meat. I have a vacuum sealer. You know, so I, I do that all, and I take great pride in, 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 in processing that meat myself, you know, packing it out and cleaning it. And then I can tell people, look, you know, this thing's free range. It's organic. It's the best meat we're supposed to eat. You keep telling me we have to eat free range and organic, not not farm or pen raised. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. And, and, and so that's the other lesson that as a mentor, it's like, okay, now that the animals, is, the, we've harvested it, we, we still have to take care of it. No, that's a, that's a great point, you know, and, and, you know, we, you know, packing it out of there, we were like six miles in. And so packing that thing out of there was a chore. So, you know, even, you know, even right there field dressing it, you know, I showed him how to do a, you know, gutless, we practically boned everything out of there. The only thing I usually keep are the, the, the quarters, the shanks, and then pack everything out. I kind of bone it right on the spot, take out the heart and the liver and anything else cut out the bone meat and just, uh, you know, get as much as possible. Literally when I leave there, it just looks like a skeleton with some guts in it. But, you know, and, and he was just totally amazing. Like getting the tenderloin out of there without messing things up. I mean, just the small nuanced things, you know, to your point, Jack, and then we get home and, you know, a day later, uh, you know, he invites me over. Well, I sort of invited myself because it's like, you got to take care of it now, you know? So we laid out the whole thing and, you know, took out off, took off all the steaks and cut it all up, vacuum sealed it, marked it, you know, treated it with great respect because that's something I think as a mentor, we also have to teach that respect, right? Teach respect for the woods and the outdoors. And, you know, it's the guys out there, they see me, I'm the guy that, you know, I already got a heavy packet. I'm picking up someone, some jerks trash that, you know, left their beer cans out on the trail. And it's just like that crap aggravates me. But I think if we show them that by experience, you know, along with, processing the meat and taking care of the animal and being respectful of all of that, you know, the animal and the outdoors, you know, to your point, Jack, I think that really gives them a positive outlook and a positive experience. And then if those people never hunted again in their whole entire life, they would probably understand that there's guys like us out there really being good stewards of the outdoors. And if that's the la- the only thing that comes of it, I'm pretty satisfied with that as well. 110%. I I have really leaned into this mentor relationship as well because I am, I guess they call it an adult onset hunter. I didn't start hunting until I was in college. I didn't have anybody teach me growing up and I always wanted to. And luckily I got, it skipped a generation. My grandfather, luckily I got to hunt with him one time before he passed away. Um, and that's where my love for the outdoors kind of took off. And I think the mentors who took me under their wing at 19, 20, 21 years old, uh, really impacted me and exactly what you're saying. I, if, if you do it the correct way, if you see those guys picking up the trash, if you see them cleaning or field dressing your animal in the field, 
to the fullest extent. If you see them treating the meat with respect when you're butchering it and doing it the right way uh, and, and put the emphasis on respect, it ties exactly into, you know, where we started with this conversation, whether it's, you know, with a six year old, you know, positive experiences like it, it, it all 100 percent ties in. And then, you know, I don't think I've ever taken anyone hunting and they've disliked it. Right. I don't think I've ever, you know, it's certainly sucked for sure. And that's, that's part of it, right? We love, if you don't love the suck, like hunting's the wrong avenue for you. Right. But like, I don't think I've ever taken anyone and then post hunt, maybe after the post hunt two day clarity, maybe nobody's ever regretted it. Right. Everybody I've ever taken has been a good, has enjoyed the experience and, and loved it, whether they were successful or not. And I think that speaks volumes about, about, about the sport. Yeah. I like trying to, you know, show some, somebody, something they may have have never seen before. Um, I've been up in uh, Wisconsin when, during the deer season, late November, you know, where that big fat snow is coming down and it's nothing but white in the green of the uh, white pine trees. And I've told my son, I said, stop and listen, you can hear the snow falling. And you stop and listen, and you can just hear that sound of the snow falling through the, the sky. And, and the realization when you see that look on somebody's face of something that they've never experienced in nature, it's one of those points, again, like we've been talking about, that you know, when you get to experience somebody else experiencing something for the first time, you know, in amazement, it's a, it's really it's really a cool thing. I would totally agree with that, you know, and and – I guess, you know, the opposite of that is fortunately, I think my mentors that gave me positive experiences were before anybody sort of soiled that view, you know, cause I've gone out with a lot of guys and I've gone out with a lot of groups and, you know, there are some people out there that I won't say that they're bad hunters or I won't say that they're, you know, uh, unethical or anything like that. But what I would say is it's just, just their type of, experience is not for me and i think we talked about this a little bit in our meeting you know the the stereotypical guys running around half drunk popping gun rounds off all over the place and doing all kinds of you know shenanigans and it's kind of like their escape but it's sort of for me anyway and I, you know I, i'm not judging how people do their thing but you know for me i just like the solitude and the positive attitude and the hard work and you know to to your point the suck you know we we get out there and it, the mountains are there and there is no way that the mother nature is not going to kick your butt on a four or five day backcountry hunt that's just the way it is and so if you're not prepared for it it's going to suck even worse but if you still make that a positive experience i think that carries a, a lot of weight but sometimes you know you go with somebody that you don't have such a great experience and then i think i've been i've been uh fortunate enough to to see the balance and know where I want to be with that. And that also tells me where I want to be as a mentor, right? I want to be, you know, I want to be there with the campfire. I want to be there showing them the respect and picking up trash and, you know, showing them that I'm, I'm there with them, working my tail off with them. And this is going to be a great experience, no matter how hard we work. I think that's the mentors that we're looking for. And I think, I feel like this is the group that, does that and feels the same way. I agree. It's like, if you, you know, 
um, I forget what her name is, uh, Cots, looking at the Instagram today, and she got all her, the personal records today, made all these state three state records, you know, um, pushing through, you know, watching her do all those things. So it's, you know, this, that's what I like about this group too. I know it's, you know, we're talking a little bit about lifting now, um, but I think that might be a natural place to talk about that is, is, is for me to get out into the woods, I've had to keep my diet healthy, my eating healthy and eating clean and teaching my kids how to eat, eat, you know, eat well and not eat a bunch of crap because diabetes runs in my family. Both my dad and my grandpa had it. So I've been working hard to keep that A1C level in check and to eat right and to hit the gym every day. And when I don't hit the gym, like yesterday, I'm at track back. I, I didn't hit the gym, but today I went in and I crushed myself with legs and I'm like, you know, it was my legs are all tired and stiff from that 10 hours of driving back from Vermont. But guess what? I went in and I crushed them even more. So, you know, it, it's good. That's why I like this group because it does everything that, that, that it's my lifestyle already. Yeah. I feel like that's a very natural progression into kind of the next part of this conversation. Like, you know, viewers can't see you, but Jack and I, and y'all are built like fucking brick shit houses. Y'all are both wide and, tough ass looking motherfuckers like y'all are impressive you're making me and perry look tiny over here um and i think that's a really important important part of the conversation right like okay so we have this love and passion for the outdoors and you know i and you go like way back in there and you're taking folks in there so like you know when it comes down to it you know when mother nature gives you the business like it's coming down to you like if you're if you are in the mentor role a hundred percent when stuff hits the fan, it's, it's on you, right? Like the dude you're bringing who you were just talking about is going to look to you to make every correct decision to get out of there. Right. So, you know, with regards to y'all's like, you know, hunting philosophy, like how has, uh, how has, you know, prepping from a physical point of view changed? Um, or how has your idea about like prepping for outdoor hunts, you know, changed, uh, as y'all have kind of progressed, uh, age wise with your experience? Well, for me, I, you know, when you're young, you know, you're 20 foot tall and bulletproof, you know, you feel like, eh, I, I don't need to strap in. If I follow this tree, I'll just bounce a little bit. You know, I might sprain myself. Now I take great care when I'm up in a tree. I'm never not hooked in to some type of suspension. When I was younger, even as, you know, 25, 30 years old, you know, I was dumb Marine. I know somebody might say that that's redundant, but, uh, you know, as a crayon eater, I was like, yeah, you know, brush it off. I'll, I'll, I'll be good. Now I'm like, no, nah, I've got that harness. I'm, I'm, I've got my, you know, strap in my climbing strap the, the, the whole way. So I, because we, I don't heal as fast as I used to. And so I have to even be, take more steps to ensure that I can maintain my fitness uh, and so I don't hurt myself because I want to hunt and I want to lift. And if I hurt myself, that just puts me in arrears. That just, you know, drags me back, you know, to the starting point. So I'm careful. I try to eat right. You know, I try to get sleep now. I sleep, you know, well, I'm old, so I, I, I get up earlier. So I, I, I try to get as much 
you know, good sleep as I can, you know, when I used to be able to go to bed at midnight and get up at four and, you know, just a little bit more caffeine and you're good to go. Uh, now I've, you know, I want to make sure I'm, I'm, you know, hitting the pillow no later than 10 so that, you know, I'm still up at four so I can, you know, get to the gym and I can, you know, eat right, hydrate, all those things that everyone tells you you need to do, but you don't do until like, you know, later in life and, and you haven't made it a habit yet. No, I would fully agree with that. And I think as you age, you learn that you don't heal as well. And you don't, you know, one of the things that I've always tried to do, and I, I wasn't very good at it for a long time was staying in some, in a good physical condition throughout the year, because like in Nevada, we just, everybody just got their tags, whoever's getting tags and everything. And so now's the time you see those dudes hitting the gym and you see them, you know, I'm going to diet. And I'm just like, if you do that year round and it becomes a habit or a lifestyle or whatever it is that you want to call it. Yeah, exactly right. And so you, I, I think you, you, you're extending that the longevity of your hunting years for sure. You get out there and, you know, back to your point is about, you know, Carter, your point about, you know, the, when you're the only one out there and mother nature is giving it to you and the guy that you're taking out, who's never experienced that before is looking to you man, if you're suffering and you're not able to take it and you're kind of falling apart, that's going to scare the crap out of whoever's with you. And they're, you know, we're talking about a positive experience. And when they are scared that, you know, we might really have some trouble out here and this guy doesn't know what he's doing and he's falling apart. I think that instantly turns it into a negative experience. And you don't really want that, you know, and then the physical aspect of it, it's like, it's a lot of work. It doesn't matter what, what type of hunting and the style of hunting that you hunting is a lot of work, whether you're dragging a deer out of the woods or you're humping one out of there, you know, from the mountaintops or whatever the case may be. I think going back to our discussion about respecting the outdoors and respecting the animal and how can you do that if you're not in proper shape and how can you do that if you're not, you know, physically able to do that and you're going to shortcut it or you're going to do something that's not, good treatment of the animal and good treatment for your environment. So I think I personally, and it's my own philosophy, I guess, it's like I feel that my fitness and how I perform out there allows me to be more respectful, makes me be more, uh, you know, I'm going to work harder for it. I'm not going to take shortcuts because I can or I should, you know, I, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to do everything right. And it's going to kick my butt. Absolutely right. It's going to kick my butt. But that's what we're out there for, you know, and I think that's what we kind of have to show. And you know, I think staying fit and staying, I think it's just a, I think it's just a respect all the way around, whether it's for the outdoors, for yourself, for the people around you. I mean, if you're healthy and you're fit and you're showing off that good experience and that good uh, example, why wouldn't you make a positive um, impression on first timers or getting people out there? I think that's, I think that just, it revolves, all of those pieces just kind of revolve together. Yeah, I was just, I, I was lifting up the book Endure by Cam Haynes. Haven't had a chance to dig into it real far yet, but you know, I'm never going to be at his level, but it, but it's, it's awesome to watch that guy work out and run nearly a marathon almost every single day, just so that he can hit it hard in the fall and hunt and, you know, he's talking about somebody else who's mentored a number of people, you know, taking folks hunting and, and exposing them to, you know, even just the outdoors and running in the outdoors, um, 
you know, it's amazing. So like I said, I'm, I'm, I'll never have the, uh, uh, you know, what he can do with a bow and arrow, but I can aspire to that. I'll never, I'll never run like, like that. Cause I'm not, I'm not quite built like that. You know, the Marine Corps has bears and gazelles and I'm, I'm wearing the, the power lifting bear shirt, you know, today. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bear. <laughs> and, and so I'm never, I've run a marathon one time in my life, but, uh, that's the that one was I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so, so you know, the, to what Cam Haynes does, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself in shape just like I, and I'm sure is keep myself in shape year round, not just for hunting, but so I can hunt, you know, so I can yeah, you continue want- to do whatever I want. Yeah. You want to do it as long as possible. Right. And that's what is running through Perry and I's mind, you know, every, every time, I mean, shoot, I went turkey hunting with, with Perry this past month. Yeah. This past month, it's May this past month. And we hiked up this little, little hill, this little foothill of the Appalachians. And, uh, we got, we got up to where we were going to turkey hunt. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm huffing and puffing, man. And I was like, damn, that smoked me. And Perry's like, I'm glad you said something like, uh, you know, that gets me every time. But like if hunting could be part of your motivation to like, clearly we have a fitness issue in this country. And uh, if hunting could be part of your motivation to keep it going year round, right? To your point, Jack, like you were just saying, or uh, Ian, you know, if guys are just now starting to work out to get fit for the fall, like if you're going archery hunting for elk this September, you're too late, brother. You know, like, it's already almost June. Like, what are you even talking about? You're not even playing the same sport. Like, you're not even in the same realm of possibilities. If you're not doing it year round, you're toast and you're going to have a bad time and you're going to be unsuccessful and you're going to be part of the 90% of folks who go, you know, over the counter in Colorado and expect to kill a elk and don't do it because you you can't make it happen, right? So, you know, I, I was just listening to that podcast with Cam Haynes on, on Meat Eater and somebody said like, you don't want your day on the mountain to be the hardest thing you did that year. And I was like, that's exactly right. You don't want, you know, I, I hunt, I hunted the big horns this past, uh, October in, in, uh, Wyoming for mule deer, got my ass kicked, got smoked, but you don't want your, you know, your toughest day of the year to be when you're hiking up the big horns to go find mule deer. That's, that's the least prepared you can be. And, you know, it's very admirable that y'all are still getting after it, you know, not like at your age, but like, you know, at your age, like y'all are still getting after it. And I'm sure you can still smoke most of these dudes that, you know, Perry and I hang around with. I take great pleasure in, in like going to the, you know, the pool today and, and, and seeing all these uh, gentlemen my age or even younger suffering from dicky do. You know, that's where their belly sticks out more than their dicky do. So, you know, I'm, yeah, and I'm out there and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, look, I look pretty good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I, that's why I do it. I want, I want to stay in shape. So, like I said, I can live long and I can hunt as long as, you know, as long as possible. You know, I want, you know, the, the year I die, I want to, I want to have shot a deer that last year, you know, like 90 some years old, if I can, you know, even if my kids have to pull me out on a, on a deer dragging sled and, and stick me in a thicket somewhere, that's, that's what I want to do. Right on. I think that's the best thing, you know, and, and it's, I think, I feel like at our age and tell me what you think, Jack, I think that we're sort of our mentorship or our mentor status sort of changes because one of my great mentors has been my uncle Bill. 
and I, uh, I mean, we ride bikes together and this dude is 74 years old. We ski together. We go out. I mean, he was on this last camping trip with me and he crushed this poor dude, this 40 year old on a mountain bike. And he, you know, it's like, and so it's kind of funny because the guy's wife asked, you know, oh, Ian's an outdoors guy. He goes, I bet you he smoked you on, on the mountain bike part. And she's like, he said, yeah. But the most embarrassing part was his 74 year old uncle smoked me too. You know, and that guy stays in shape year round as well. And so I, I look to him. So, I, you know, when I'm saying that our mentor status changes, you know, we, we, I look at my uncle and think, man, 74, that dude's freaking crushing it. You know, we have a season ski pass each year and we ski and we broke him. I, I always joke because we always break somebody in part of the year. And in January, he had a pretty gnarly ski wreck, spiral fractured his fibula, tibia, full surgery leg. And, um, you know, he's out yesterday. We're out riding mountain bikes. And the day before, the week before, we rode a 20 mile road bike. Road bike and, uh, he still gets after it. You know, I take him out on heavy pack days and I, I do heavy pack hikes. And then he goes out there with me and it's like, I got to get my leg back because I know we're going to be skiing here pretty soon. So, you know, the same thing we're talking about, he stays in shape year round. And I think to your point earlier, Jack, it, it really served him well as far as the injury goes. And, you know, 74 years old in less than five months, he's back on his feet without a cane or anything. And that surgery, and I saw the x-rays with all the steel and screws and plates and, it's amazing that anybody would walk from that and he's out riding his bike and hiking. So I think that's a testament to the outdoor and the hunting and lifting spirit, you know, the keeping that health and fitness year round, because who knows what's going to happen to you. And I think you gotta, I think that's how our mentor status sort of changes, you know, in, as we age. And I think that's something that I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to. And I feel like I'll be proud of, of that, you know, same with you. I think, you know, you go to the pool and you don't suffer from dicky do. I think that's a freaking, uh, and that's, you know, and the unfortunate thing about it is that's more common, you know, having that disease than us hitting the gym every day at a certain age. That's pretty sad. I think. Well, when I was a kid, probably the same as you, I, there were, there was like one or two chunky kids in your class. Like that were obese, not just chunky. Cause I was, I was a pretty thick kid, but you know, not obese to where it was like, a, you know, clinically obese. Now I look at, you know, when I'd go in my kids' classrooms, it, it's like the opposite. It's like the preponderance of the kids are obese, clinically obese, and that there's only a handful of them that are, you know, in, in shape. And it's, it's a little scary because I know that the military is suffering from trying to find enough folks that can pass – you know, the fitness standards, the health standards, you know, to go into the military. So that's, you know, I try to, you know, imbue my kids with the same thing with the eating. Let's, you know, we, we make, we make some type of meat, you know, usually mostly chicken, you know, then we'll eat some beef or some, you know, the wild game, you know, when I, when I pull that out, um, lot, lots of fish, lots of salmon, and then, and a vegetable, you know, I, I keep away from, you know, a lot of the, 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 and processed, carbohydrates so you know i try to imbue them into okay here's how we do this don't have to cook with oil you get some non-stick pans and it doesn't matter you, you know so you know try to try to try to live that 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 lifestyle year round and try to pass that on you know in my house so that they can pass it on to their 
kids and their friends, hey, this is how you do it. And I think we've gotten away from, you know, how do you do it? You have to show that and teach that. I fully believe that. And I think, you know, you're, I think when we're, if we're talking about mentors and obviously we, we sort of gear ourselves towards the outdoors and hunting and all of that. But I think, you know, I think that this sort of discussion sort of transcends all of that, right? Because, you know, you're talking about the classroom and I spent some time in the classroom as a teacher for a while. And, you know, I am amazed to see the, the kids nowadays, you know, we could not get enough basketball and kickball. And if, if it was, you know, and, and nowadays I, I looked around and it's like, you know, kids can't go out because it's windy or the kids, you know, we're going to have a bad weather day and it's just kind of cloudy. It's like, man, we used to live for that stuff. And I think, I think we need to get back to that physicality. And I think we're losing that. And I think part of being a mentor for the outdoors or for hunting or, you know, lifting and eating well, I think all of those pieces, I, I think, I think we've gotten away from showing how they connect. Right. So our fitness for you and me and for, you know, the four of us on here, I think it connects to us to the outdoors, right? It gives us the, it gives us the, the, the body and the skill sets and all of those pieces to go out and enjoy the outdoors. I don't think that people are putting that together anymore. And I think as mentors, maybe that's where we need to maybe build some goals around that is like, yeah, why do I want to go to the gym five days a week, old man? Why do I want to go chase you around with a heavy backpack on? Because I do. I I put out a text message to all my buddies. I'm like, hey, it's it's heavy pack Sunday. Who's with me? And I may get one. My girlfriend's always with me, and that's, you know, she's freaking a billy goat. But the rest of these dudes, I'm like, you just got deer tags, man. What are you doing to get yourself ready? You know, but I think the disconnect is where where the outdoors and where the physical fitness and where the eating correctly and all of those pieces, why? You know, I think we've gotten away from the why. And it's like, why so you can live longer? Why so you can hunt longer? Why so you can go out in the hills? And why so you can enjoy yourself? It's just, I don't think we've put that together. And I think that's one of the things I've been really working on as as a mentor. I mean, I guess a self-appointed mentor, but mentor nonetheless. I think that's, I think that's, perfectly said i mean the the integration of all of those different different um facets that you just touched on there of the why we do all these things it's so critical um if that if everything that you just laid out there is is something that as a mentor you can pass along to your kids or you can pass along to that that buddy that's never had that experience whether he be 20 years old or 40 years old if you can if you can show someone that that's, that's really something I think that's, I think we need more of it. Yeah. One of the best things about being a, uh, and this is assistant scout master with the boy scouts um, was <laughs> there were, there were uh, camp once a year, summer camp, no electronics. Uh, you didn't bring them cause they would either get lost or broken or wet or they just, where we were down in Southwest Virginia uh, they just didn't work, which was great <laughs> because it was a time for kids to unplug. And it was like watching, you know, a crack addict come off of the high and, and, and watch it, you know, come out of their system and actually become a human again to where it's like they're not so worried about the electrons, but they're actually 
taking in the nature and, and able to see what we talked about earlier in this podcast, that, that acorn, you know, oh, look, there's a, a, a frog there. Or, hey, look at that little snake that you almost stepped on um, that they wouldn't have seen because everybody walks around looking at their at their phone. You know, so it's just being unplugged like that is 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 great. And, you know, trying to at least have that one week a year where, you know, my son was unplugged from from a phone and, and I wish we would unplug the rest of society weekly. You know, I wish there was, you know, I wish we could be snake plissken and just turn the electrons off for for one day a week and, and have everybody come off of that. It would it would it would benefit society uh, writ large. I fully agree with that. I think, you know, when you're out in the sticks and you're out enjoying the outdoors and I don't ever feel like, you know, and I'm stuck. I got a, I got a couple of leashes, electronic leashes for work and stuff, but I, when I'm out, I just want to be out and I, I want to be disconnected and I don't want any of that. I mean, I want to be fully absorbed in where I am and what I'm doing and, you know, being present at that time. And I think, you know, going back to the beginning of our discussion, I think, you know, when you see your kids having a good time and you see that, you know, the things that you're going to joke about 20 years later and, and you're going to miss all of that with your face in that, in that tablet or that device. But when you're out in the sticks and you're out in the wild and, you know, you're fit and you're healthy and you're doing all this stuff, it makes it all that much more better, more, uh, I guess, more wonderful, more positive in that experience. Just I live for that every year. I mean, all day, all, all year long, I'm either snowshoeing, I'm snow skiing, I'm riding my bike. I'm, I just can't get enough of being outdoors. And I think if I can turn people onto that, however that looks, I'm all for it. And I think I appreciate this group for that reason. This, you know, even though we've never really met in person or live, I think that, you know, the support that we give each other and the, the same topics and the same things that we, that we feel and the, the things that we're doing, I think there needs to be more of us. And I'm glad that we're in this group to be able to share that. So I appreciate that part. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, it's not insignificant to say that it's an important conversation. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you guys joining us tonight. You know, we're coming up on an hour now, but, this is a, a fantastic conversation and one that needs to be heard. And, you know, it's a really important part and pillar um, of Hunt, Lift, Eat as a whole, I think. And, you know, that's what's really cool is, you know, we got dudes in Nevada and we, we got dudes in Virginia and we got dudes in Wyoming and Montana and Texas and guys all over the place, you know, believing in the same thing and everything that we kind of discuss here tonight. Um kind of bringing everybody together, which is all, you know, everybody's pushing the same direction, which is the entire purpose of this organization, which is, you know, fantastic. Um, but this has been amazing. I would love to have you guys back on again and kind of continue this conversation. Um, if you guys would be up for it, Jack and I, hundred percent. I love it. I enjoy this uh, group of people. I feel like uh, extended family when, when, when I'm, when I'm talking to folks and, looking on the Instagram and seeing what's going on. It, 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 it's our, it's, it's filling our tent up and we know get more people under that tent pole. Right on. Yeah. I'm all for it. I, I love this. And you know, if this is a, another means, I guess we could use this as another means of mentoring. I'm all about it. And, you know, getting in, 
tag season now is coming up. And I think, you know, having more conversations around that and getting more people excited about that and excited about the outdoors, you know, if there's anything related to that, count me in. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I agree. It all starts with uh, education and this is an important step towards that end goal. But uh, hey, let's go around the horn and see if, you know, anybody's got any words of wisdom or, or closing thoughts here. Um, Jack, you want to you want to hit us with some knowledge? Sure. You know, just, you know, it goes back to, you know, the whole premise of this is, you know, get more people under the tent pole, you know, with recruitment, retention and reactivation. Hey, let's, you know, try to at least recruit one person a year. Try to get one person out into the woods. Um, Here, we're all trying to retain all of us being, you know, involved in hunting and and the lifting and the eating clean and then, you know, reactivating some of those folks who used to be hunters, um, but aren't for whatever reason, maybe they moved or, you know, maybe a lifestyle change, maybe, you know, don't have the money. And if, and if we can help a, a, a man or a woman uh, or their kids get out into the woods, let, let, let's, let's try to work on getting one person out. You know, if I can leave, you know, when this podcast airs, if I can, you know, leave it with one thing, Hey, try to get one person out into the woods with you this year or the waters, you know, what, you know, whatever it is just outdoors. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Ian, what what about you, man? Yeah, I just uh, kind of uh, along the same lines as Jack. I think that we got to work our way into, um, you know, sort of getting unplugged and getting back out into the outdoors. And I, I think, you know, I would like to, the same as Jack, if I could recruit one person a year, and it seems like I've been pretty good at that lately, but one person a year to do the full, the full, thing right the full fitness and the full eating right and 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 leading them to the why why are we doing this because we're going to go outdoors and we're going to enjoy it and the more fit you are the better you're going to enjoy it and i think it goes back to our original discussion around a positive experience all of this that we do and that we advocate for is just for a positive experience whether it's a great hunt or whether it's a great experience without shooting anything or whether it's somebody's first kill or whatever the case may be, if you are that person that can bring that positive experience and you're coming, you're my kind of people. And that's, that's, you know, I'm all in on anything like that. So I appreciate being here and, you know, being able to speak with you guys. It's pretty awesome. Hell yeah. I love that. Perry, what you got for us, man? I'm just, I'm super, um, super grateful to have these guys on here. It's, it's awesome to, uh, to hear them share their, their experiences, um, share their stories and offer some, some words of, of encouragement and, uh, insight to, to the listeners out there. It's, um, I love that metaphor of bringing folks under the, uh, under the tent poles. Um, that's really what the, what the HLE community is all about. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been cool to see that materialize with, with fellas like you, um, like Carter said, whether it be in, in Colorado or Nevada or Texas or Virginia, wherever it is, um, you know, we're, we're sitting here, you know, doing a, doing a virtual, um, podcast with, you know, with folks we've never met, but we all share those same passions. We share that same drive. We, you know, we, we believe in that why that you're talking about, Ian. And, and, um, I think if we, as a community, as a group of, of, um, you know, hunters, a group of, of men and, and women as well that are, that are interested in the outdoors, interested in, in, 
being physically fit, interested in, in eating well and, and doing these things, if we can take that, share it, um, and grow that message, I think we have the potential to, you know, to really make a difference in people's lives and, and kind of get a, do a course correct on some of these things that some of these issues that we're seeing in society. So there's, there's a lot of value there. So appreciate you guys uh, coming on. Yeah, it's certainly not insignificant. It's a very important conversation. And I'm thrilled that y'all are a, a part of this organization and a part of this conversation. And to be honest, I'm looking forward to part two. So let's, uh, once we close out here, let's schedule that right away, man. Let's get after it. I, I love it. So, uh, Ian and Jack, thank you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it, guys. And maybe we can get Rob Williams back and he won't be up in the, uh, the <laughs> wilderness of Colorado next time. That's right. <laughs> Laptop only, Rod. <laughs> right on, guys. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, yeah, listeners, golly, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Thanks for joining us this week. Um, stay tuned for for part two of this conversation with Jack and I, and then hopefully Rob, if he can get his laptop squared away. Um, this podcast is going to drop on Thursday, the 26th of May, which means you need to be following Hunt, Lift, Eat on Instagram at Hunt, Lift, Eat Official. Um, we have a massive Memorial Day fitness competition coming up starting on the 30th with Murph. And I can't lay out the entire thing, but all will be revealed one day at a time. We have some hero workouts of the days coming at you uh, after Murph. And I'm just telling you right now, you want to you know, you want to stay hydrated. You're going to want to stay hydrated. Um, you know, maybe stretch a little bit. So yeah, stay tuned. Give everybody a follow on uh, Instagram. And uh, once again, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. We'll talk to you next week.